For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, joining me on today's show is Dean Jones. Dean writes for us here at the Viking Age, and he is also the site expert for catcrave.com, which covers the Carolina Panthers. So welcome back to the show, Dean. Great. Thanks for having me again. Should be a busy off season. Looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, no problem. Uh, okay, so last time I had you on uh, was before the Vikings took on the Panthers last season. And at that point, the Vikings had won, you know, three of their last four games. And it seemed like they were, you know, maybe going to make a run at the playoffs. Um, but obviously that didn't happen. They didn't make the playoffs. But uh, but given their one and five start, you know, what were some of your overall thoughts about the way the, the 2020 season turned out for the Vikings? Uh, I mean, after the bye, it wasn't so bad. Um I mean, going going one on five, you sort of you're expecting the worst uh, uh, top five pick in the draft, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, all things considered, uh, I don't actually think it was that bad. It certainly could have been a lot worse, and I think there'd be even bigger changes happening, sort of in the in the coming weeks, rather than what they're going to end up doing. I mean, mm-hmm. I know the salary cap is what it is, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. I mean, considering, especially with people, I think what people forget is the amount of changes that were made in the off-season as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, all three starting cornerbacks left in free agency. I mean, two two were good good enough to leave. And then obviously Mackenzie Alexander probably could should have stayed around. I mean, they did miss a good cover corner in the slot and he'd, he'd, he'd made a big difference. But um, I, I just think people sort of forget that. And, and I know it's, it's a... It's a win now mentality in the NFL lately, um, but considering sort of the changes and Gary Kubert going to coordinator as well, another different coordinator for Cousins, it was always going to take time to sort of adjust. Um, but I don't think it was terrible by, by by any means. I mean, the the NFC overall wasn't exactly littered with with great teams this year. So, I mean, another couple of wins and they would have been in the playoffs. So that's just. A good thing to build on. I mean, I'm, I'm a lot of the young players got some good experience as well, uh, so that'll stand them in good stead because I think there's, there'll be a lot more sort of established players getting cut this off season as well. Yeah, I think actually one win was one more win is all it would yeah. have taken for yeah. for the Vikings to get in the playoffs. Um, and I feel like a good amount of people viewed the Vikings as a playoff team heading into the season, but obviously, like you said, we we clearly failed to realize like the impact of all their. Defensive departures. You mentioned the cornerbacks, and you know Linval Joseph and the, 
Oh, he was, he was, he was, he was a massive loss. I mean, especially after Michael Pearce, literally out. too. And uh, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and Daniel Hunter, obviously, uh-huh. people, people forget it, didn't he? Didn't play a snap either. So it's, I mean, a lot went wrong. Yeah. That, so maybe, do you think maybe our do you think maybe our expectations maybe for the Vikings for them in twenty twenty were just were too high, or, or did they actually fall short of their potential? Um, it it depends. Which way you looked at it? I mean, if you if if you'd have thought those established veterans, sort of like your Livingston Josephs and your Xavier Rhodes, if they were better off off the roster, and then you had sort of young guys coming in, I think it'd have been different if Michael Pierce was there. To be honest, yeah, um, I, th- I think he he'd, he'd have made a big difference, uh, disrupt, disrupting on the interior. So um, I wouldn't have said they were too high. I mean. A team like the Vikings should always be looking looking to make the playoffs because there are still some still a lot of talent there, and they managed to keep Anthony Harris for good or bad as well. So, um, I kind of th- I I kind of expected it. I mean, I, I didn't expect it to go the way it did over the first six games, but no, no. sort of with the with the overall record, I think it was pretty much where where I I thought they were going to be give, give or take a win or here or there, and like I say in the NFC that might have been good enough to get the playoffs with sort of one or two more wins. And then who knows what can happen as we've seen in the past with them. Yeah. And obviously they had the COVID stuff, so they couldn't have OTAs and couldn't have rookie mini camps and all that stuff. They usually, they depend on, and they probably were depending on with given the amount of rookies that they, oh, they drafted, sure. but uh, obviously that didn't happen. So we all know about the, the trade rumors involving Kirk Cousins, you know, it's, it's, you can, Call them bogus or whatever you want to call them. They're they're out there, um, yeah. but there there are some out there, including Pro Football Talks Mike Florio, who have suggested that the Vikings should, should trade Cousins and then trade for Panthers quarterback, former Vikings quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, since you cover the Panthers, can you explain to maybe maybe to our listeners why the Vikings trading for Teddy would either be a good idea or a bad idea? Oh God, this is so hard because I really <laughs> love Teddy. But, <laughs> um, to say he underwhelmed mm-hmm. uh, during his first season would be something of an understatement. I think, I mean, I, we we spoke before the game in the season about mm-hmm. how it was sort of one of the hardest situations to go into, like replacing Cam Newton and especially the way he left. But I'd say considering how aggressive the Panthers have been trying to get someone to replace him, I think the writing is on the wall uh, in yeah. no uncertain terms, really. Um, they offered their one and more for Matthew Stafford. Obviously, the Deshaun Watson rumours, um, whether they want to give up what uh, the Texans are asking yeah. for him. If they did it, actually entertain trade ideas, I don't know. Um, I know their new general manager, Scott Fitter, has said it, they'll be in on every deal. So I'm not sure if that means sort of looking a bit further down the barrel with Sam Darnold or uh, even maybe trading up for... Maybe it's uh, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson. I don't know, but I mean, it's hard to look at Teddy's situation and think he's going to be the going to be the starter. Uh, and then giving him that three year contract last last spring was probably it's just setting them back. At a, I mean, he's still got I don't know uh, probably at least thirty to forty million owed on his contract in base salary alone uh, over the next two years. So you, any team would be taking that on as well. Uh, and as we all know, the Vikings don't have that much money to to throw around. Uh, as for the Vikings trading for him, I, I know Zimmer loves him, and the mm-hmm. Vikings fans love him, and 
had it not been for that training camp in, injury, things would have been different, I'm sure. But it is what it is. And uh, if the Vikings want to progress, I mean, I just don't think it's a viable option. I mean, they could probably get him on the cheap, maybe a third, fourth round pick, I'd say. Uh, that would probably do it at the moment because I know the Panthers are on the lookout uh, to get more picks. Uh, but I mean, you just—I I mean, I've—I've I've never seen him. Uh, his confidence look so low as it did over the last three games. I mean, normally he's sort of cool, calm, collected when you see him. I mean, even when he was struggling, uh, sort of midway through the season as well, after he got when he came back from his knee injury, um, he was—he still had that demeanour about him that we saw when he was with the Vikings. Sort of nothing phased him at all, but. Over the last sort of two or three games of the Panthers, I mean, he was jittery. He was, he was yeah. just, he was just collapsing under pressure all the time. And I mean, the line's not great in Carolina either. But um, I mean, he was mercifully benched. I know uh, Matt Rawls said it was because of his injury or what. I mean, but it's just the way he was performing was was just not good enough. And he, I mean, I doubt he'll be in Carolina. And I know that they're trying to include him in any trade package just to get his salary off the books, really. But uh, in terms of trading for him just outright, I'd be really sceptical of the Vikings if they want to progress. And obviously, considering the way Kirk Cousins played over the second half of the season, that is a is a much better option for me. Yeah, from everything I've heard, um, if the Vikings are going to trade Kirk Cousins, which is seems very, very highly unlikely uh, at this point, that they don't want to downgrade. Like, they don't want to get someone who can't perform as well as Kirk Cousins. If they're going to trade Kirk Cousins, yeah. it's going to be to get someone like a Deshaun Watson or a Russell yeah. Wilson or something like that. It's not going to be to get a Teddy Bridgewater, which, you know, that might be disappointing to some fans, but Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman are heading into a season where they can't afford to to have another 7 to 9 year or start 1 and 5 again or else they're gone. So, yeah. they can't they can't afford to downgrade a quarterback as much as some people would like the time to get rid of Cousins and they would probably love to see Teddy back in purple, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Support for the Viking Age podcast is brought to you today by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, we have an exclusive offer for our listeners, which is 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. In addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower shave, clean, and dry. So once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code FANSIDED20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Speaking of quarterbacks, the Vikings should be looking for a new backup this year if they don't re-sign Sean Mannion. I personally don't think they should re-sign him. Um, so recently, I threw out some names on an article up on the Viking Age of guys who could be 
the Vikings' number two quarterback next season, and I listed Tyrod Taylor, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, C.J. Beathard, and Blaine Gabbert as some possible options. Do any of these guys intrigue you as maybe being the Vikings' next backup next season? I think the Tyrod Taylor one's interesting. I mean, um, like I say, he was locked in to be the Chargers', Chargers number one QB last year before – Obviously, the Boy got stabbed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how 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 demoralising would that be when your own team yeah. doctors done that, and then go and watch <laughs> Justin Herbert break every single quarterback uh-huh. rookie record going? Uh, but yeah, I mean, that that'd be the one that interests me the most, probably because of mobility. Um, whether they're going to have the money to to get in a backup like that, or they'll have to look at a Blaine Gabbert, or yeah. or maybe in the draft because. Um, there could be sort of a couple of nice options sort of in the mid to late rounds. Like uh, I, I watched a lot of the senior bowl and I thought Kellen Mon really stood out, uh, the Texas mm-hmm. A&M QB. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got good good mobility and arm strength. I think he'd be quite good. And obviously, I know KJ Costello struggled at Mississippi State last year, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be giving up on him too soon either. Um, but whether, whether they'll want someone with a bit more experience in case Kirk Cousins does go down, I know he's pretty durable. Um so they might not sort of consider it. Yeah, I think um, I think Taylor, Fitzpatrick, Flacco, I think everyone except for Andy Dalton has experience in uh, the current offense that the Vikings are running. Yeah. Right I mean, Dalton's an interesting one, but well, Dalton would be a good one as well, but whether he'd be looking to sort of try and get a better landing spot in terms of being a starter again. Yeah. Uh, Cam Newton, maybe. I mean, his his days yeah, of a start, his, his days his days as a starter are gone. Yeah, his arm was shot though last year. But if you could if you could bring him in as a backup and maybe sort of use him on run packages and things like that, I think that might be an option. But like I say, whether his sort of personality, uh-huh. yeah, dictates that he <laughs> cannot be a backup. I mean, right. I don't know. Because uh, yeah, I mean, imagine just. I, I mean, the thought, the thought for me, having watched Cam Newton mm-hmm. when he was at Auburn and when he was with the Panthers, to 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 see him like he was last season and was just quite sad, really. And but then, say in twenty twenty one, if he's holding a backup, if he's holding a sort of a, a clipboard for Lamar Jackson or somebody like that, yeah. I mean, that's just. just I don't know. I don't see yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd probably say the draft would be the best way to go with the money involved. Um, yeah. Like I say, Cousins is pretty durable when it comes to be, being out on the field. Um, so if they could get someone like Keller Mond or, or like say KJ Costello with sort of a late a late round pick and develop them up, um, that might be the best way to go. Um, I know they haven't got a second round pick, so this sort of nope. takes the Mac Jones and the Carl Trusks out of the equation. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Carl Trusks anyway. Um, and I'm, uh, Mac Jones is still, I mean, he has, what, what a season. I mean, I think he threw for four, four and a half thousand yards, which is probably on a par with what Joe Burrow did at LSU. And then sort of the comparisons between the two is, oh, he can't move, he can't run, he can't evade pressure, things like that. I mean, stature-wise and the only thing Joe Burrow's got that Mac Jones hasn't is arm strength, really, mm. like elite, elite arm strength. So, I mean, it's strange how so many people are bagging on him, but let's say only time will tell. Teams get desperate and he'll probably be a first-round pick. 
Yeah, I have a terrible feeling that the Vikings are just going to re-sign Sean Mannion and just <laughs> just roll with him because they seem to be just going on this whole continuity thing, trying to keep everything as yeah the same as possible to not screw up. You know, Kirk Cousins, let him keep progressing. You know, they got Clint Kubiak now, I'm sure. So if they keep Sean Mannion back in there, who is essentially just, I feel like, just another assistant coach at this point. Um, but the whole thing of, like, just we're hoping that Kirk Cousins doesn't get hurt. I know Kirk Cousins is very durable. He hasn't missed a start in a very long time. But this is football, and, you know, yeah. as, as we've seen. And the, li- the Lions got to get better. I mean, yeah. With with Teddy, we've seen with Teddy and Alex Smith, like things can happen in you know the blinking of an eye. So I, I think if Kirk Cousins gets gets hurt, the season's over, and I just want the Vikings to to have a little more better insurance policy than Sean Mannion because oh yeah, for sure, for sure, that would just be a disaster. But I mean, whether sort of you're looking at, it's, I think it's just the money thing, isn't it? I mean, how much Ryan Fitzpatrick still showed he can do. He can do yeah, a lot of those so, guys would probably be out of their price range. Minions probably they can get for like probably under a million. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, you can't look at many teams in the league at the moment who don't, who don't have a good backup who can just sort of go in and. Uh-huh. I mean, Flacco. Flacco's a good backup. Yeah, he would be. Yeah. He would be fine. I mean, a lot of these guys would be fine because I feel like the Vikings wouldn't ask a whole lot because they have Dalvin Cook and you know they can just get it out quick to Thielen or Jefferson and they can make plays. So a lot of these guys, yeah. I don't think you just need someone in here who's not going to, who's going to mess up the least, you know, yeah. um, or someone just who knows how to run the offense. Yeah. Um, and I, I know Sean Mannion might know how to do that, but it just, from everything we've seen from him, even in the preseason when he's playing against, you know, second string guys, like he just hasn't impressed at all. He's never thrown that. He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in no. his NFL career. So no. I don't know. I know the Vikings like him a lot, but it's just his. Yeah. Really I think. I think. I think this is a good year for for them to find for them to find identify sort of a, a college cube a quarterback and just say, yeah. right, this is the guy because Cousins got two years left on his deal. This is the guy we're, we're going to give him two years to learn the playbook, learn off Cousins, build build up his confidence, get some preseason reps. Hopefully, if there's any games uh, due to COVID over the next two years, and then see what we've got after that. I mean. It, I don't think there'll be a better chance than this because. Yeah, I know. I know you and I would probably like to see that, but I think next year is probably the most uh, realistic time for them to draft a quarterback because they've gone through yeah. all. They've already been going through all this rumor stuff, and they don't want probably. Like I feel like Kirk Cousins probably like really easily flustered because they like tippy toe around a lot of stuff to make sure that he's not you know bothered by anything. Um, so I think next year probably is more realistic. Maybe they, maybe they grab someone. I know they, they grabbed someone in the seventh round last year, but, and maybe, maybe they do someone in the third round just cause they want to get a backup. Um, but as far as maybe using an early round pick, I think next year might be the more realistic time for them to look. Oh yeah. In terms of the early round stuff. I mean, yeah, it, it just depends how they get on really in terms of how high they're going to be picking, I guess. But And maybe they'll just extend cousins this year and throw everyone off. Maybe save more maybe 60, 60 million guaranteed again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one last thing as far as quarterbacks go, uh, NFL.com recently ranked the 59 quarterbacks who started at least one game in 2020. And Kirk Cousins showed up on the list at number 15. Um, he ranked behind guys like Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield. Um, is 15th where Cousins should rank or should he probably be ranked above some of the guys I just mentioned? 
I'd say probably a bit higher. I mean, that's you're you're probably going off the first six games where he was where he struggled a lot. Yeah. Um, but what we saw after the bye, I mean, you can't you can't really knock him for. I mean, they they can they sorted things out of the bye. They went back to their strengths. Used Dalvin Cook a lot more. Um, just basically made Cousins what 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 he is. I mean, that's fine. I mean, he's he makes big plays when when it's needed. He mm-hmm. he manages games well. Um, whether he'd be able to take you to to a Super Bowl or not is a is another matter entirely. But mm-hmm. I mean, compared to sort of, how, I mean, I, was, I saw a lot of Matt Ryan uh, for the Falcons this year, and, and he 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 just wasn't great. <laughs> uh, Stafford the same. So he's he's just an easy scapegoat, though, isn't he, Kirk Cousins? He's, oh yeah, yeah. He's just to... he's just one of those where you. Where people just hear his name, and I know, I know you think is the outburst in Washington and, st- and stuff like that. But they, they don't see sort of how good a quarterback he's he's developed into. They just see the same old guy who chokes, chokes in big games, chokes in primetime games. But like it was, it was only last year he was digging the Vikings out for a big upset win in New Orleans. So yeah, I just then- think he gets overly criticised for people who just want to criticise him. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's an like, easy, easy lightning round because he doesn't come out. I feel like in in fight against it. He because he, he does. He no, doesn't no, care. he just yeah. doesn't care because no, he doesn't really. Why? Care. Why, sitting, why would you? When you've got yeah, all that guaranteed he's, money, he's sitting in his you know <laughs> pool filled with cash. So what does yeah. he care? Um, yeah, I think he should have been above some of those guys. I know maybe Derek Carr had a better year, but I've never been really impressed. Was, with was Baker Derek Mayfield Carr. that good? I mean. He had thirty run touchdown first, passes, yeah. but I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't. Run first offense, where, would, where you're going to get so much opportunities because they're all sticking at eight, nine, ten in the box. Yeah. most times. I look at, I, mean, I look at some of those teams like the Browns, where they have been better with Cousins back there, where the Falcons have been better with Cousins back there, and I think, yeah, I think they would have. Um, I agree. So, especially I don't with know. the weapons, especially with the weapons the Falcons have got. I mean, for them to to struggle the way they did, I think, yeah. I was more surprised with some of the guys in the list that they they picked in like they picked Kyler Murray's in the top ten. They put Josh Allen in there. I know Josh Allen just exploded. They put him in like the top five. And I was like, all right, he's had one good year. Let's uh, maybe slow down on that, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think he could he could go above that a little bit. But you know, he's got always going to be in that second tier. I feel like. Oh um, yeah, he's never going to be sort of in your in his top five. But I'd say borderline top 10 top yeah. top 12 i'd say for easily sure. For especially sure. what we saw after the bye week oh yeah i think he had what like two interceptions in the last yeah. 10 games so that's pretty good uh recently the texans made the decision to release all pro defensive lineman jj watt obviously there's a lot of interest from just about every team's fan base in signing watt including vikings fans um now the vikings are in need of another edge rusher and uh, a three technique defensive tackle both of which Watt can line up as, but you know, what do you think the realistic chances are of Watt signing with the Vikings? Uh, in a word, zero. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be nice to have. I mean, him and Daniel Hunter rushing off the edge and then sticking him, like you say, as a three tech. Um, yeah, that'd be great against teams who struggle to protect on the inside. Um, I just find the whole situation really bizarre. Yeah, like. How the te- I mean, I know he served the Texans well and he deserves the right to go and pick his next team, but 
if you're Nick Casario there and you, you've got a all pro defensive end, with yeah, they should have traded. Left him. You're going to try and trade him to get yeah. a couple of picks, <laughs> and teams would be knocking down your door still. So yeah, I don't know. So I don't he, know what they're doing over there. So we'd probably get a choice of a, a, at least eight or nine teams, probably at least where where he could go. Yeah, I mean, if he wanted to go and play with his brothers in Pittsburgh, they probably they probably put a package. Yeah, I think together. I saw there's like twelve teams that have already. Yeah, exactly. And there's you you can't tell me if they said, oh, he's available. We want a third round or a fourth round pick. Yeah. You can't tell me those 12 teams aren't going to go. Well, there you go. Thank you very much. Yeah. And then I just find the whole, what what's going on there is just so bizarre. I mean, people, just, people complain it, about Rick Spielman. Can you imagine? Oh my God. It's, honestly, it's unbelievable. And like this Deshaun Watson thing, it's like, this is a, this is a quarterback mm-hmm. who had the best year that no one's ever going to remember last year. The Texans mm-hmm. won four games and he threw for unbelievable amount of yards and touchdowns yep. compared to interceptions. I mean, his PFF grade was about 93 or something mm-hmm. on a on a four-win team. And they're just not accommodating <laughs> to him at all. They trade away his best receiver. They, Will Fuller's going to leave a free agency. Mm-hmm. There's nothing left but him. <laughs> yeah, well, so and just, a year ago, they were what? Up 24 nothing on the Chiefs? Exactly. Exactly. I just, yeah, I don't know. But in terms of the Vikings getting what I'd say, it'd probably be slim. I mean, they could make an offer, I guess. But my chance, I'd probably say he, he might end up in the NFC North. Yeah. With, with sort of and I know his, I, I, doesn't his girlfriend or his wife play soccer Chicago. in Chicago? Yeah. And he's, so from, he's, he's from Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, so. There's be a good, yeah, there's a good chance he could end up with one of those. I think I think he ends up in Pittsburgh with his brothers. I mean. Yeah. I mean, he's, that, he's, that's, that's sort of the fairy tale ending. Because, yeah. And then obviously they've. They've probably got a need there as well because whether they're going to take Bud Dupree back in free agency with their cap yep. problems, yeah, um, so that fills a hole as well. So and that'd be fun to watch as well. TJ and JJ yeah. Watt getting after you. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's where he ends up in the end. Um, on Saturday, former Vikings legend Randy Moss celebrated his forty fourth birthday. Um, he's getting up there, almost fifty. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you have a favorite Randy Moss memory from his time? With the Vikings, I know there's a lot to choose. Oh, where to start? I mean, I, I don't think I'd be supporting. <laughs> I don't think I'd be supporting the Vikings if it was for Randy Moss. Right, right. I mean, just as I was starting to get into NFL over here in the UK, um, that's when Moss was blowing up the league in his rookie year. So, oh yeah, um, he was he was just on TV all the time, and uh, when my dad was watching it, so yeah, instantly drew me to it. Obviously, there's like. You've got the Dallas game on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that's one that sticks out. The Green Bay game where he when did he the celebration it. in the end zone. Oh yes, the playoffs. Yeah, I'd probably say my favourite was um, I can't remember the year, maybe in like two thousand three or something, where there was this big sort of hype about Torello versus Randy Moss when the Forty Nine when they played mm. the Forty Niners. Yep. and I think uh, what do you have three touchdowns? Three touchdowns, just wiped the floor with him. I think. Is that the my, game where my glaring yeah, glare, glare memory from that is when I think Moss scored his third touchdown and the camera sort of went over to T.O. He's freaking out. Absolutely, he, was, he was just giving it to his uh, offensive coordinator yeah. at the time. Just absolutely. And I think that was his last year with the 49ers after that. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that was my memories. But, well, I mean, you, you could spend two hours talking about oh, it. So, yeah. um, absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, I could, what, watch, what a I could watch Moss highlights. For 
for days. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely, definitely, obviously the Dallas game. I think his his coming out party on Monday night in Green Bay there. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, the the shooting the moon. Yeah, the the Randy ratio that whole entire season. Um, I think even that that was his second year with Jeff George. That playoff game against the Rams. I know they lost, but he like had a ridiculous game against the Rams. Uh, I don't remember the stats off the top of my head, but I just remember him. I think that was the game where he also also squirted the ref with the water bottle. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, there was there was never a dull moment, was there? I think no. the 49ers, I think the Forty Niners game I was on about Gus Farrell was playing quarterback as yeah. well. And, and I'm sure he got like 175 yards and three and three three touchdowns. Yeah, with uh, Farrell replacing I think Culpepper at the time. So yeah, I mean that just shows you what what an ama- what an amazing player he was. I mean he, there was no one like him. I mean just just ridiculous, really. Yeah, and obviously there was there's been a bunch of highlights of him posted because of his birthday or whatever. And just I every time I see Culpepper throw the ball, and I just forget how he could just chuck it. Just yeah, just throw yeah. it up there and it, it would disappear. And then just plop right down in the Randy Moss's hand. So I, <laughs> I missed that, and I, I wish you know something else could have came out of that. But obviously, uh, things yeah, happen the way they did. Yeah. Um, we'll close out with this. It doesn't feel like uh, the Vikings have a a glaring weakness they need to fix this offseason. Obviously, they have the offensive line and some some depth to improve. Uh, but you know, what would you like to see the Vikings make their top priority this offseason? You know, when it comes to improving their roster. Oh, um, I think yeah. I think the interior office, offensive line, it's two guard spots, um, another defensive tackle with Michael Pierce. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot depends on whether people like Anthony Barr are gonna are gonna stay around. Uh, yeah. If he leaves, they're gonna need. I think you will. I think Barr's gonna really, Yeah, I mean, I can't. I can't. I mean, it's money's so tight. I mean, you just don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, Riley Reef will probably be the one who leaves, and Carl Rudolph will. He's he could be traded as well. So, um, but I'd probably say both both interior lines, and then obviously you're looking to get a replacement of safety alongside uh, Harrison Smith with Anthony Harris uh, leaving as well. So, mm-hmm. if I was picking three, and a slot corner, someone who could cover in a corner in the slot as well. And yeah, that, I think that. I think safety is an underrated one that they have to figure out because they do have Harrison Smith, and but Harris, like I know I know we felt this way last year, and when he was. We figured he was gone last year, but this year it seems more um, definitive, I guess, that he's yeah. Gone. I, th- I think cause... I think whether he stays or not, I mean, he's not getting any younger, no. so they need to they need to think about what they're going to do long term, really. And uh, this is quite a good draft for safety prospects. Yeah, I think they should after, do that after the sure. after the first couple of rounds. You've got uh, Richie Grant out of UCF, uh, kid out of Texas, Cajun Stearns could be a good player as well. So. There's a lot of really intriguing options, and there wouldn't be that much pressure on them coming in and starting right away up with Smith there either. So yeah, he'll keep them in line. Yeah, but yeah, like like you say, it's an underrated uh, problem that the Vikings going to have in the next year or two for sure. Yeah, so keep an eye out for that. But uh, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks again for joining, Dean. Uh, make sure to follow Dean on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, at Dean Jones underscore. <laughs> there you go. Follow him on there. He's got some good stuff on, on, on the Vikings. And if you're interested in Panther stuff, he's got some stuff on there too. Uh, make sure to follow this podcast on Twitter and Facebook and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Uh, but until next time, we will talk to you later. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.